Hello. Welcome back to another Azure centric podcast on our Azure weekly update show. My name is Marcos Nogueira and with me I have that beautiful guy on my left on my right, Angelos. How are you, Andrew? I'm doing amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. What a, we're we're a, we're a little bit of a road show this week, right? We, yes, we're going to have a, yes, a few absolutely. weeks where one of us will be on different uh, traveling. Yeah. Exactly. So we are experimenting in this case for everyone that that is that least listen to us right now. We are experimenting new scenarios, uh, new backgrounds. Now, this is not one of those backgrounds that you see on Teams. This is a real background. I'm, I'm on vacations with my family. Um, as you can see on, on the window uh, here. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, kind of. I, I look like, like one of those guys at the airport. Uh, but yeah, um, and uh, this, is, this is a different show. So it's not because we are on vacations. Uh, that we stopping recording, um, and here we are. So above all of that, above all of the entertainment, we need to keep update with Azure, and that is, is something that we need to do it no matter what, right? So, but Absolutely. before going on, on, so the agenda for this, and we were a little bit problematic coming. It was a nice week on Azure, I have to say. A lot of updates, a lot of Azure uh, database-related updates, Postgres, SQL. That is Definitely. not our wheelhouse uh, at this at this show. Again, the the intention of the show is to bring my expertise from the field and Andrew's expertise from the field. So we are two architects that we are working with the infrastructure on Azure. So usually uh, SQL. Um, and Postgres and everything related to database, it's not our uh, daily, daily job. Uh, we know, exactly. but it's not, it's not that, uh, that we want to bring to the, to the show, uh, at least so on these episodes. Yeah. And I, I was actually talking about, um, something like that with one of my customers just this week was, uh, there's so many services in Azure that that's why there's so many different types of Azure experts, right? So exactly. uh, we can't know it all. Um, I think I describe it uh, quite often actually as uh, we know quite a lot about a lot of things in Azure, but there's no way that we will ever know everything, especially at the pace that it changes and updates, which is evidenced, I think, solely by, by these, the by these show. Podcasts, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. So you it's really cool. More and, right. uh, I think, you know, as we were talking and getting ready and uh, although I was fighting a little bit with some Microsoft website cookies, Microsoft, I have some special words for you right now. <laughs> but that aside, um, we were talking about how important it is for us to make sure that we do do the updates uh, for everybody on a regular basis because we have some freaking awesome listeners and followers on YouTube and Twitter and on uh, iTunes uh, of all places and everything for the podcast. So yeah. thank you so much. Um, I wanted to I wanted to be the one to say thank you a little bit this week because I'm very grateful for all of the very special feedback and comments that everyone leaves. 
It's really, really awesome. And we really do appreciate all of your feedback. Uh, we love when you let us know tips that help us as well. So uh, I think constructive feedback is good. Destructive feedback, whatever you want to leave, exactly. go for it. <laughs> Smash that like button. It's what we, <laughs> what I always said. And, and again, uh, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Don't forget to support and show that love that we are every single episode that we are so blessed to have it. Uh, right? It's, it's, it's really important for us to know that we are reaching and our goal is at least to um, help someone on that week with that. Just uh, one person a week. Uh, we well, apparently we are helping a, a few more, uh, which, is, which is awesome. It's really humble to do that. But yeah. So this week, our, let's say, team, it's for this show uh, or for this episode is a mix of automation and monitoring. Uh, I have to say, we have a few other um, updates that they are related to to other things like Defender, for example, uh, related to SQL as well. But the the majority uh, of the updates is going to be related to automation, PowerShell, yeah. which, which we love, right? A lot. And about, um, in this case, the monitoring. Um, so I think we should rolling this and starting um, the show. What do you think? Absolutely. So let's roll. So welcome back. And now let's jump into the first update. So the first update is the general availability of Azure Backup now supports SQL Server, uh, now supports archive tier for backups of SQL Server in Azure VMs. So this is a very important uh, uh, update, at least for me. Um, that I think because now you can retain your backups for lower duration on the way cost effective. We've been talking about exactly. costs, 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 costs on this show a lot of times. And this is one of the things that we want to start bringing uh, is that now you have the archive tier that was missing. Okay. For those backups for SQL Server on Azure VMs. This is not related to the Azure SQL backups. Is related yeah, this to... is not the PaaS or SaaS service. Exactly. This is SQL this running on your Azure VM. VM. Yeah. So yeah. like you have on, on premise, you have a VM that is running SQL inside. And now you have, you are backing up in this case, the SQL server, because you have that, that possibility on an Azure VM. So besides the Azure VM, okay, that you are backing up the entire VM, now you can back up inside of that VM, the SQL Server. And to be able to do that, now you have the archive tier enabled for you. So which represents a low cost archive tier for you to be able to do that integration approach and having longer 
uh, backups, right? Yep, absolutely. And um, the nice thing here is that this has actually the general availability of this feature. So uh, while it is still in um, preview in some regions, um, a lot of regions have been included in the general availability. So this is going to be really great for that long-term retention. It's going to help lower those uh, storage costs. Uh, really, when we talk about archive tier, it's the cold tier. If we think of hot and cold tiers for storage, right? Mm -hmm. So this is going to significantly, um, I feel it's going to significantly impact yeah. storage cost, and it's going to be a very positive change, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, it's going one to of, one of the things that's, that's, that it is, it is, but one of the things is even if you enable now, you have a few uh, days that you can be using this because it's only be chargeable until it's not going to be charged until September 1st, right? And exactly. That, and that is, is good news because you can, you can experiment because it's GA. So you can experiment this on your um, production environment um, without any costs associated having this tier. Uh, so now, the, so now the risk is low because it's long-term retention that we're talking about. This exactly. isn't yesterday's backup. This is two weeks ago or four weeks ago, right? Or a month or, or, or a quarterly, exactly. whatever it is, right? So that's, that is the good news about, about that. Is, is is that particular uh, uh, possibility of having the the backups right exactly moving exactly. on moving on to the to the next one and the next one is the software inventory and a gentlest dependency anal analyzes general availability or with Azure migrate oh my god I'm you got through uh, it. It's, uh, I got through matters. it. I'm on vacations. <laughs> I apologize for that. So my brain still thinks that I'm He's on. six beers into the Azure review, folks. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's okay. So what is this? The what do you, what do you think about these these updates? So this is this is a really nice one, right? So this is going to enable the agentless um, software inventory uh, collection. Uh, for VMware uh, VMs or virtual machines, right? So this is very, very helpful. So, you know, if we think in terms of using um, remote access and we're trying to bridge um, different environments, the hybrid on-premises, we're trying to um, have multi-cloud hybrid, right? So if we have uh, VMs uh, running in the AWS VMware stack, so this is going to allow us to look into those VMs now with no extra agent that has to be installed. Yes. And, and use Azure it's, Migrate. It's, it's so key. huge, right? It's the key. Because the dependency analysis that we have that is major on Azure Migrate. So for you that you are new at, 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 the, at the channel or the podcast, or even if you already know this, because we already mentioned this on the show, uh, on, on, on other episodes is, is fundamental to have the dependency agent um, installed because that yeah. will give you a deeper analysis that is what you want when you're trying to migrate your workload from on-premise to the cloud. So dependencies like where is that server is going to connect, uh, which ports are you connecting, which protocols are you using because that can define or not to group those 
to group those on a different way to migrate that to Azure, right? Yeah. And so this able, one is really cool, though, right? Because yeah, because now you don't is, need the agent anymore. Yeah, and it's agentless, but. Not only does it do installed software, it looks at um, roles and features for Windows. Yeah, absolutely. And does the that you know dependency analysis. So if there's a special software package installed and it has other software dependencies, those are those are triggered and those are included in this analysis. Absolutely. But wait, folks, there's more. It's not just on Windows. It's no. also on mm -hmm. Linux VMware VMs. So. Now we're really hitting a lot of the on-prem uh, stacks that are, uh, you know, maybe hanging on. They're running large clusters. Um, they've had not just hesitancy to migrate to cloud, but maybe they have some uh, requirements like a medical yeah. or something where they have to stay on-prem. They're not able to go to cloud for compliance reasons. Yeah, so absolutely. this allows us to use uh, Azure as part of our DR planning. And though we can't move permanently to cloud, if we operate there for less than a week, uh, as long as we're not breaking any rules, then uh, we're able to incorporate Azure Migrate as part of our assessment and part of our uh, BCDR strategy. So this is this is really really big, um, and again, this for week, me there is two components about ones, this. Right? Yeah, for me there is two components about this. One of them is Azure Migrate is free. It's a free tool that you can mm -hmm. access or you can assess in this case your environment to see uh, with different types of of reports that you can do it as is as you're having on uh, running on on on-premise or uh, on a performance base so you can analyze what's going to be your in this case scenario or costs and running all of that on azure because that's what azure migrate allows you to do it but although and 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 you you know where i'm going with this because we suffer this in a lot of projects we work together is sometimes to deploy agents okay and especially on some workloads first of all um we are we need a change request and usually yeah. those types of assessments that you're doing on the current on the current environment uh, it realize that realize that you need a change request so you realize that you need to go and prepare and and fill a lot of of those processes that is normal um but it takes time and usually yeah. these these migrate uh, this azure migrate you can do it within probably uh, a reasonable amount of time uh that you can do that that analysis to doing that and i always try to push it in this case the dependency agent because of the information that give us that will in this case you spend a little bit more efficient time at the beginning but you will save it in this case when you're migrating those workloads to azure and and exactly. always the agent is always one of the barriers and a lot of in a lot of projects that we work um, mm -hmm. it's not possible to do the agents they need to do a security analysis they need to do whatever it is that they are doing what type of information are we gathering where is where is that information be stored and all of that, and it's not only that, every agent that you put on, on the server, it consumes resources. 
That's no matter true. which agent, no matter whatever uh, a vendor is saying, it always consume resources because it's another service that you are having on that server. And by yeah. doing that, it can consume minimal. Yes, like 0.01%, but that 0.01% is competing with your with your uh, production workloads. So exactly. by not having this anymore, but not but not having that agent anymore uh, being deployed, it makes our life easier. It makes our life easier on the way that uh, we we don't need anymore. We can achieve exactly the same information that is crucial for the for the project, but it's it's way more efficient and way way better even for the customer side because. Now we can come, we can do our, our job on analysis and say, you know, Mr. Customer, here it is what we want to migrate. And these are the groups. Let me know what you think and we can start talking. So way more efficient. We don't need to uh, to spend more time on processing on other things and concentrate, especially for us, uh, right? To concentrate more time on those tasks and be ready, so be more agile to, to migrate. And, and exactly. I know that and, I've been know, too deep on this, but I think it's it's really the point of getting well, I mean, these analysis. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to counter your deep analysis with a very easy thing that we overlooked, to be honest with you. So I think one simple benefit um, that isn't as simple, uh, and when you talked about change requests, it reminded me, Aha, I should talk about that. So quite often in older servers that we're trying to migrate to uh, Azure, we may be required to do a reboot when we install that agent. Yes. And that completely goes away with this because it is now agentless, right? Yeah, and, and a lot of times that, if there is a pending reboot already exactly. on the server, yeah, this, so you this, end up with two, agent. sometimes three reboots, uh, yeah. and gosh, you're installing those updates yeah. on the reboot, so it takes longer when you're doing Absolutely. it. And um, your change window, uh, I think more than once, and on more than one project that we've worked on, uh, we run out of change window with a system just yeah. doing the reboot to get ready to do our change, and then it's gone and we have to start over again. And so it's not it's, only that, I have another one. that That's why I like this conversation with you because we're starting to complement each other. I have another one for you that is, that we already been running that even on those reboots, right? That you're talking about, uh, it's a 27, 24 by seven workload that you uh -huh. need like every quarter that time to just having that outage for two or three days. And I'm thinking, for example, in a lot of, of my, uh, um, my experience, for example, on those mining, that on mining workloads that we've been doing, for example, mm -hmm. um, that they are running 24 by seven and they have those three days every quarter. That is where they do the maintenance. Everything is pushed back for those three months, for example, and on the manufacturing as well, that yep. you are taking those systems down for three months to do the maintenance. Um, because they need 24 by 7 to be running. So now we don't need three months to just deploy <laughs> an agent, right? Because now it's agentless, right? It's, yeah, the waiting that's... period on some of those uh, client requirements can be um, frustrating, let's say. 
Yes. Absolutely. Uh, why are we not making progress? What, how, how is Azure Migrate going? It's not going anywhere not because going. we can't do anything till another 60 days from now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I think we I think we covered that one off. We should let's let's go to the next one. <laughs> Absolutely. Following your your awesome segue, Azure Defender for SQL is now in general availability on Azure SQL Virtual Machine Blade. So another cool um, it's it's a security one. Okay, so Azure it Defender is. now is coming. Uh, it's now available, so it's a GA that you can work with SQL Server IS. So this is yeah. nothing to do with PASS, okay? That now you can go and bring your Azure Defender for those virtual machines. Um, yep, Azure Defender for SQL. So it Azure does the injection SQL. analysis, oh, query analysis, oh, all that good stuff that we want to have running there. Absolutely. So this was, this is another way that I see that, and I see a lot of Defender uh, coming coming along, especially the defender used to be uh, the defender is now what was the ATP, the advanced threat protection. So now mm -hmm. includes all of that. So that deep analysis, uh, all of that machine learning, Azure, uh, uh, the artificial intelligence regarding all of the security part. Now we start to spread to basically the entire infrastructure. So it's not yeah. only on Office 65 that is awesome, right? and the endpoint device. So now you're starting to see the Defender coming from the Azure platform as well, uh, which, is, which is awesome, yeah. which is yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's really extending. And one of the things, and I I think they, they could emphasize this a little bit more in some of these updates with um, Defender for IaaS, PaaS, and SaaS solutions, is that all of those uh, sensors, all of that information comes back to Azure Security Center yeah. as the central point. But Security Center has to be turned on in your Azure subscription. Yeah. And you have to enable those resources to talk to each other between yeah. Defender and uh, Azure Security Center. And it, it, but I it's think not it's only that, you need to enable that Security Center, but you need to also enable inside of Azure Security Center, the Azure Defender. That's correct. Yeah. So and then and then it's like, yes, and you need to upgrade if you were talking about can I run this on my free version of Azure Security Center? No, you can't. Uh, you no. need to upgrade your Azure Security Center to the standards. So you are able to just have the Azure Defender enabled on those workloads. Uh, That's so, correct. So I just want to because I, I, this is fresh on my memory because this morning I was talking about that. That's why I, I just click me and say, oops, I should mention this because, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, 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 it's something I think that um, I honestly, I would like to see it um, added in some of these just uh, even as an honorable mention in the update articles. Yeah. Because I think that uh, sometimes we, people, regular people, don't realize that we have to enable and configure those integrations. We have to turn things on to see these benefits. And it is a deep benefit, right? So, yeah. um, you know, the, the SQL protection is very good. It's very thorough. Um, I'm actually working with a customer uh, recently 
that uh, has this enabled um, the Azure Defender for SQL on some of their other types of instances. And it actually does alert to suspicious queries that run. So there's really good protections against lateral movement through the data tiers of your applications in your tenant. And, and that's a critical piece. It adds deep insight and it's easy to turn on. I don't. I don't want to talk about it forever, but I mean, it's just. It's so easy to turn on. It is. And they have. To, I. I think we need to tell people about that because <laughs> because they don't know. It sounds like it might be complicated, right? No, but it not. isn't. It's not complicated at all. It's not complicated at all. And it's not. Sorry. It's not complicated. The next update as well. So the general availability of Azure Monitor IT Service Management, the ITSM connector. It's now certified with ServiceNow Quebec version. So this is not, oh, I just wow. want to say that this is not the Quebec version only for Quebec of ServiceNow. This is <laughs> the version that ServiceNow calls, that is the actual version, that by any reason that it's above our pay grade, they call it Quebec, okay? So it's not only for Quebec. If you are in Alberta, British Columbia, Saskatchewan, or even in US or the entire it world. Is, it is the software version, version of okay. ServiceNow called yeah. Quebec. Quebec version. Quebec. It's like version 17. That's all That's all it is, really. It's right. like Windows 11. Right? Absolutely. I have questions, but we can't ask those on the air. So. No, you can't. <laughs> but what about this update? The cool thing about this is now... And you're starting to see a lot of this, okay, mm -hmm. of this connector from uh, in this particular way on the service now, right? Um, is is bidirectional, so means that if you connect the Azure Monitor, that is your alerting system when you have all the logs and you have all of that information. Depending on how you create those rules, you can automatically update or send that information to create an incident in this case on this on the uh, itsm and now by saying that i just come to my mind my itil all of my till foundations so you open an incident on 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 the itsm that in this case is service now and then mm -hmm. it when the incident in this in this case is being resolved you can it can automatically close or if you can, if you are assigning that incident on ServiceNow to another team, it will update that on Azure Monitor. So you are following everything that you're doing. So it's bidirectional. It means that they are connected to each other and you are telling Azure Monitor that you can update the, uh, the ServiceNow and ServiceNow, they can update the Azure Monitor. So, which is exactly. pretty cool. We already have this in this case with other tools on Azure, especially Sentinel, right? Mm -hmm. That you can, when you do the investigation and you close the investigation, automatically close the, the incident. And depending on the automation that you have on ServiceNow, uh, from that specifically, you can update the users, whatever it is that you have configured. We are not here to talk about service now, but this it's it's good to see that now they've been updating this to the service now Quebec version. 
Exactly. Yeah. I could not have said that better myself. I think you really Thank did you. cover it all, honestly. <laughs> um, it's, it's, a, it's a great update. And uh, you're absolutely right. The bidirectional, bidirectional synchronization, say that three times fast, right, yeah. uh, is really, really a positive thing. And we are starting to see it um, quite a lot more often. And um, uh, the reason it's positive is because it allows those updates to happen automatically, right? Yeah. And like you were saying, I love that use case of you have an incident open in Azure Sentinel, you resolve it, you update the investigation notes, it can uh, integrate back to ServiceNow, for example, here, and close the incident there in ServiceNow as well. And one of the reasons that that's a good benefit not just ticket duplication in this case, it's really for completeness of investigation and completeness of reporting. Because if we pull those reports on a daily, weekly, whatever basis in uh, ServiceNow that has really excellent deep reports, by the way, um, it wouldn't include information about that incident if there was no bi-directional updates available, yeah. right? So uh, that's just one scenario. I'm sure there's um, lots and lots of them out there, but it's a, re it's a really good thing to have. And if you have that available, enable it. Yeah. Take some time and enable that. It's a very positive thing. It's, it, it is, it is. The next update that we're going to talk about is the general availability of lower capacity reservations tier for Azure Monitor dedicated clusters. So this is pretty good because so far uh, they, they have lowered the minimum capacity. So right now was 500, it used to be one- it Used to be a thousand, a gigs, thousand per gigs per day. Per day. And now they update this to half, which, exactly. which will do is it will save you costs because exactly. now you need less volume of injection because this is always one of the problems, right? To be able to have Azure Monitor dedicated clusters, if the thing is, if now, if you are using before this, because this is now GA, if you are using less than a thousand gigs, the injection per day, you are still yeah. paying for a thousand gigs. Exactly. So now, so now you have a different tier, a lower tier that is 500 gigs, it's half. So if you are on those 500 gigs or even less than that, because the thing is, a lot of those organizations, I had the customer that they were doing, they want to use this, but they were only on 150, 200. The top peak that they had was about 300 gigs. So they were still paying for a thousand gigs. Right, right yeah. now they can save a, a ton of money, right? Because now the lower tier it's 500 gigs. So uh, even if you're going on that tier, or if you want to go up on the, on another tier, you, now you have you can save money because you are not in, uh, paying for that huge injection, right? Exactly. Yeah, and it it allows allows the dollar to stretch a little bit further, which yes. means, uh, you know, you can use other resources or repurpose that budget, of course. So I do like in the update that uh, they exactly call out why there is a fixed cost required yeah. for the dedicated cluster. And it really comes down to that back end 
of the Azure Data Explorer cluster. Yeah. I, 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 that almost came out as one word. Sorry about that. Uh, ADX. But um, the reason uh, that the, there's a fixed cost is because um, Azure Data Explorer is an expensive cluster resource to have. It's high powered and it's meant for a lot of data and a lot of analytics and usage. Yep. So that's why it's pricey. So yeah, there's a re there's always a reason for everything. And I really like the increased transparency and honesty from Microsoft on this because it really does help to take this back to uh, you know our our CIO or our IT leaders and help explain why a resource costs what it does and that we have options. We can reduce the cost, we can uh, do something a little differently, but it, it just helps with that understanding and I think it goes a really long ways. Absolutely. And this cost right now with this lower tier, you can save up to 30% of mm -hmm. your uh, dedicated clusters, Azure dedicated clusters. So it's a pretty good savings if you are not not going on, uh, on that direction, right? Which is, which can allows you to do other things uh, um, with with that cost savings money that that you are doing. The next the next one is still on Azure Monitor, but it's a public preview of the Azure Monitor uh, Schedule Query Rules API of 2021. Uh, February 1st preview. So we mentioned this um, a few episodes back, um, mm -hmm. quite a few episodes back. Uh, I'm guessing in, in February. February. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, that it's, they are in this case retiring this preview. Okay. Uh, so this preview is being retired. Uh, now this this preview, it will retire. Okay, sorry uh, for the confusion. The version of May first of two thousand twenty. Um, so that was the preview, the square, the schedule query uh, that they add this. So this is a new APIs that you have that will be retired on October thirty first uh, of two thousand twenty one. So they are always updating this, all, uh, all these APIs, so you can schedule your query rules, right? Absolutely, yeah, and it's a it's a really good update because um, you know it's tough to I think to uh, republish these APIs because it impacts a lot of downstream connections. Yes. Um, well, really, anything connecting to the APIs uh, is impacted, right? So. Um, that's I think why they do this in a bit of a slower cadence, and it just takes a bit of time uh, to do that. So they're really telling us that the the release from May 2020 is going to retire in you know, the end of October of okay. this year in 2021. Yeah. 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 So plan for it if you're using the older API from May 2020. This is the heads up. Get ready. Yeah. Start now. Yeah. And get planning, understand the new API from February 2021 and update any connections and uh, apps and things like that that are connecting through Especially uh, through if that you API. have templates, right? Right. So if, you if have you're templates, using ARM templates and exactly. other things that you're using to deploy Terraform, Kubernetes things that are connecting in here, 
using automation of any flavor, yeah. um, go and take a look. <laughs> exactly. Update those. You have until October. Uh, Halloween, uh, yes. you're going to be going through the kids' candy, and you're going to get a call that something is not working, and you won't be able to eat the kids' candy. It's going to be terrible. Absolutely. And you are not able to just prank the kids as well, because you will not be able to answer the door. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I oh. have... I have excellent dreams of my 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 Halloween coming up. I've thought of a way to uh, string uh, just some steel cable through the neighborhood and have a couple of ghosts attached to it so that they come down and fly. And I'm going to use uh, some uh, infrared sensors on Arduinos, actually, to uh, trigger it so that it speeds up and makes a screaming noise as the ghost comes flying at you. Nice. <laughs> trick or treat <laughs> wow that's a different level of trick or treat as well as, as the another the another um update the general availability of the azure manage ahm private link so this is a very cool one because we've been talking a lot about the ahm that is the hardware security module service that basically now you have a private link so this means that that service is no longer available not no longer available you have the possibility of not being a public service but be only internally using the private link for the azure manager asm which is an increase of security on another level right because with private connectivity you have a private ip so it's going to be routable within only your network, within your Azure network, or even on-premise. But it's going to be like you are on your data center. You don't need to come to outside. So you can even block that from the outside not to do it. And you can have firewalls to control that inside of your network, which is pretty good because now you can leverage your express route, for example, can leverage your VPN connections and all of that that you have available within your your um, within your Azure. Did you want to see if you still have uh, the ASM <laughs> connected? I was checking to see if my uh, private endpoint uh, was still working, oh, okay. but uh, it appears we are okay. Uh, it was just the neighbor's chickens going crazy. So I apologize for some background noise there. Uh, I didn't listen to anything, to be very honest, but uh, but yeah. Uh, well, noise cancelling wins again. I could hear it through my headphones, with which I have the noise cancelling as well. And I thought, uh, oh boy, Marcos is going to uh, no. have to just hold the, the fort down for a moment while I go get the window here. That's so, okay, that's okay. But that's okay. Yeah, so this is really a great um, improvement again, right? Because... Um, the Azure Private Link, um, again, really good layer of adding security so that we can uh, use, for example, uh, database communication through that private endpoint versus having to go out across any other um, possibly open uh, networks, right? Mm -hmm. So we're able to use um, a little bit more security. We don't have to, in this case, use any gateways or NAT devices 
And uh, it also helps eliminate the need for uh, express route or VPN, and it keeps it off of public IPs. I want to say that that's been a hot topic uh, for me lately with a number of clients is talking about accessing resources with and without public IPs. And how do we accommodate things like that? Private endpoint is uh, quite often a very good solution to uh, help us achieve better security in that Absolutely. case. Absolutely. Absolutely. I could not say I could not say better than that. Thank you for that. Moving to the next one is the one of our favorites. We have to say we like this type of, of, of updates because they are still in development, so they are not available at least for everyone or at least as a public private preview or public preview. They are still developed, but this one is really key. Mm -hmm. The integration with Azure AD with Azure Automation is coming very soon. So finally, That's a big one. finally, we've been talking about this a lot of those times, especially for yeah. for for the, the geeks like you and me that we love Automate, uh, now be able to get Azure AD support, you know, meaning that we can have raw RBAC, we can have all of those type of things not be able to create any more those um, those service accounts. <laughs> we don't need those certificates. Those certificates and service accounts. That I have to say, not my favorite thing to work with. Um, it's uh, I feel I don't want to speak ill in this case, right? But I just want to say it's not a lot of fun, and it could be fun. So I think this is going to really help turn that around. I just am so excited about this one coming out. Um, this is a really good one. It, so I, I, I associate this back to um, when, you know, when you're kind of a little more junior in uh, system administration and you realize, really, I can use um, VB script batch files and PowerShell to interact with Active Directory and help me provision accounts. It's like the same thing. We're realizing now, hey, we can do this with Azure Automation and Azure Active Directory. This is uh, this is going to be a very impactful uh, preview when it uh, makes it out of development. Uh, super exciting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. really. Uh, it's going to enable a lot more automation, and uh, it's going to make, I think, a lot of administrators less stressed. Absolutely. Uh, but it's not on the only thing. So there's more. There's more. Azure Automation in development with PowerShell support is coming soon as well. So it's like it's the we leave the last we leave the Azure Automation part of it for last because uh, not on purpose as we have to say <laughs> because we are following <laughs> the, the, the chronological <laughs> order. But it, it's good to see that. Azure Automation is getting a lot of those, although all of this is is in development. So they are saying that the the, the PowerShell seven seven one uh, that is in development, um, uh, or no, not in development, that is available because we already mentioned here at at the show, um, it's yeah. coming to uh, to Azure Automation, which is good Perfect. because sometimes, right. Um, be able to have all of those scripts that you already update 
with and leveraging all the good things that PowerShell 7 allows you to do it and, and going to the Azure automation and not be able to do that, it's always, always a tricky exactly. part. And, and right yes. now be able to have all across the board, like on Cloud Shell, because on Cloud Shell, you already have PowerShell 7, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you already have PowerShell 7 on your, on your device to manage, but then you don't have that on Azure Automation. So it's going to be, it's tricky to develop something on, on Azure Automation that you need to be doing backward compatibility because you are not on the same version that you're running on either your, your, your Windows or even on testing on your, um, your Cloud Shell. So it's pretty That's cool. Correct. Yep, this is a really good one. Um, I usually have to develop uh, my PowerShell for kind of N minus two, just for compatibility, Yeah, which sometimes can be tricky because if you get excited and you install the latest and greatest on your production machine that you work day to day on to develop that, uh, that code, um, you can end up getting caught once or twice. And I'm speaking from experience because you uh, think to yourself, I will write this for uh, Azure automation then you test it in Azure Automation, then it says, what function are you talking about? Uh, yeah, it's a little bit uh, frustrating, uh, but this is going to go a really long way. This is the fastest update cadence that I've seen yeah. uh, with PowerShell releases into CLI and now into uh, Azure Automation. Um, I definitely am using it in Cloud Shell, I have been. Uh, as you know, I have, uh, let's say, significant amount of library code for <laughs> PowerShell. Yeah. And uh, I really enjoy it. Um, but uh, this is going to be this is going to be really cool. Yeah. So this goes hand in hand with the Azure Active Directory integration yeah. for uh, Azure Automation. Imagine the things we can do. Yeah. Now imagine this one. Availability zones. What? Support for Azure Automation is also coming soon. So he's in development. You're telling me that my code can be cutting edge, fully Azure AD integrated and highly available? Yes. And it's, it's like it knows that even if you want, for example, uh, doing a lot of those type of things like deploying resources, deploying that, that they will understand what is availability zones, okay? And they will able to do it that across availability zones to enable on regions. So, because not all the zone uh, right now at this present moment, not all the regions have the same amount of availability zones. Microsoft yeah. already announced that was in 2025, if I'm not mistaken, that they will have all the regions in Azure with at least three availability zones, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Every month we see more added for sure. More added. And now we're starting mm -hmm. to see this coming along as well because now the Azure Automation is going to be aware of if that region have availability zones, how many availability zones you have because this is going to be crucial if you want to do it, for example, a deployment, if you want to do it some kind of 
disaster recovery, uh, uh, automation, some kind of that, to be able to, to be aware of that resilience, of that high availability that you are, uh, higher reliability that you have on Azure. Uh, bringing that to, to, to Azure automation is, is really, really critical in my opinion, because it, it makes Azure Automation way more powerful. So look at this. On the last three, right, we had an integration that was so needed that is with Azure AD, mm -hmm. okay, on Azure Automation. We had the PowerShell 7. So now we will be fully compliant with the last version of, of PowerShell. I I uh, I availability. The only thing that it it's it's it was missing, right? Uh, it was it was the version of the AZ module uh, on power on, on natural automation, because this bite me a lot of times. I have to say, a lot <laughs> yeah, of times. Right. So the, I know the AZ using, module support on Azure and then you automation go over to your runbook and. Yeah, it's like oh it's God. like, are you kidding me? So I, I I cannot use like for example, get dash azvm. I need to use the get dash azure rm vm, uh, something like that, to be able to do that. And you don't have exactly yeah. the same. You don't have exactly the same switches. It it was killing me. I develop another another day. A code that is working, and that's the part that you tested on 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 Azure CLI. Uh, you tested on Cloud Shell. You tested on your development. You testing on on Visual Studio, right? Code. Uh, everything yep. runs smoothly. You going and you transport yep. that code to Until Azure Automation. You put it in your runbook, yeah. and then crash everything. What module are you talking about? Exactly. Right? I know, and this is why I talk about the complexity of developing for runbooks and Azure Automate or automation. Because um, when when I do my development, I do always current minus two, um, just to make sure I'm compatible with all of the platforms. Now, the problem that we run into, and I, I think you've hit this uh, challenge as well, is Azure RM has stopped working in CLI for me, right? Yeah. So uh, in one, you have one version, but they've deprecated the previous one. And in another product, they have one version, but it's not deprecated for the for that. And then for your desktop, uh, it's bad practice to use the old version because they've patched and things like that. So now you have to use the current version. And this is where we run into this kind of a disconnect where it can be a challenge. But this is why you have to be very careful with that development and test, test, and when you think it's working, have somebody else test it too. Uh, because uh, there's nothing like a developer testing their own code and then it goes into production and you know you get the famous line, well, it worked when I tested exactly. it on my computer. Exactly, absolutely. <laughs> right? So, so frustrating. But this, this, in this case, this update, you have another underlying update as well, and it's and mm -hmm. and and I apologize for our listeners at at the the podcast audio. Uh, 
um, in this case, because you cannot see this, I highly recommend you to go to either to the blog um, or to going to the, uh, in this case, to the um, YouTube channel to see it because it stays over there in, 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 in blue, say that Azure RM PowerShell model will retire in February, in the, in the 29th of February, 2004 to 24. So this means that all of the runbooks that we've been developing uh, and we develop uh, in this case that will will be developed and developed already with Azure RM, they need to be updated by that date. So it's okay. really important that they are announcing this while they are still in development regarding this, this update so we can we can make sure that everyone understands what we are doing um, and what needs to be done until then. So we, we have about two years and a half, let's call it this way, um, to just update those. So we are not having issues uh, with, with our runbooks, right? Absolutely, yeah. And it is really important to take that to heart now instead of waiting because while it's fresh on our mind just write it down add it to your to-do list in planner whatever you're using um, just make sure that you do update your runbooks that are using azure rm module uh, very very important Absolutely. because uh, we'll forget about it maybe we get busy and we miss the reminder that uh, comes up a year before it ends and then uh, it's a bit tricky that way Absolutely, but this has been a really great week of updates. Um, yeah. So many uh, really good kind of monitor security and um, Azure automation updates. A very very great week. Absolutely, and 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 you just spot on. With that, we come to the end of our episode this week. Um, yes, the scenario is different. Uh, we thank you for that. Don't don't forget to subscribe um it's what we want you to do it to just spread the love with with all of us um and tell us what you like you didn't like tell us if you like this new scenario tell us if you want in this case mr andrew to move this scenario or both of us we are open to those days but don't forget to subscribe <laughs> and smash that like button <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, please leave a comment. Let us know what you think. Um, weigh in on some of the product retirements that have been announced well in advance yeah. this week. Um, you know, what do you think about that? Is it too far out? Is it, you know, uh, perfect timing gives us a chance to uh, go in and make the changes we need and plan those projects ahead of time? Um, yeah, let us know what you think. Absolutely. So thank you once more time, Andrew, for being for being here for another episode, episode number 40, I have to say. Oh my gosh, I forgot it was, we have 10 more. I'll have to remember for the yes. episode 50. We'll I will, I wear will. A special hat. Exactly, yeah. special uh, kind of dress code, something like that. Absolutely. Um, so thank you once more time. And thank you for, for, for watching and for your support. Uh, I hope I see you next week. Bye for now. Thank you.